What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Williams. Along with me, the whole crew, Candace and Isaac and David, all here. We are knocking out a doubleheader. The Memphis Grizzlies go into Houston and take care of business. And then on the second game of a back-to-back, they drop a deuce. They beat the Rockets 129-122 and then get throttled by the Mavericks 137-96. to So let's start with the good stuff, guys. Let's start with the Rockets game. And let's talk about all the good things that happened there so then we can unload everything that we have to say whenever we get to that Mavericks game. Isaac, go ahead, man. What what was uh, – let's go biggest positive. You see John Morant in a massive game, 49 points, 17 for 26 from the field, 5 for 6 from 3, 10 to 13 from the free throw line, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 block shots, a steal, just stat stuff. <laughs> Yeah, man, just just did it all in that game. I think the biggest positive for me was the fight because I mean they were they were on the ropes in that game. I mean the first half they didn't play well at all. I mean Houston was kind of the first earlier in the game the defense looked great. Uh, I, I commented on Twitter I was like the team defense looks great, but somewhere in there, man, they kind of lost contain and the, the Rockets were just running on them, man, getting open threes. Just felt like they were knocking out everything, man. Jalen Green got loose in that game and w- was really having a big game, but. Somewhere a switch flipped, man, and it wasn't just John Morant. Uh, John Morant was good in the first half, and he took over the second half. But the entire team, man, they just started knocking down shots. And, I mean, a lot of guys played well in this game. LaRavia with 12 points off the bench. Tyus with 11 points. Roddy with 8 points. Uh, BC checked in at 4 four points. Was that 9 rebounds, 2 assists, a block. Uh, Steven Adams, 6 points, 9 rebounds. Aldama, another, and one thing I've been impressed with Aldama is we, we knew the offensive potential was there, but – what I've been super impressed about with him is the defense and rebounding. Like, I didn't expect that. And I think that kind of unlocks something completely different, uh, even more than more so than I thought. Because when Jaron comes back, man, you this team is – I've kind of felt like they needed another big. Uh, even going back to last year, they could use another big out the bench. And with Aldama rebounding and playing defense, man, he can really be that guy. Because you're talking about him doing that and also being a guy that can stretch the floor. I mean, he's going to be a, a – more than just a role player, I think he's going to be a plus role player and a big, big part of this team. And it's just crazy to see a guy flip a switch like that. Because I mean, you, we're talking about going back to Utah. This guy still looked like it was his first time on the NBA basketball court, or even even a summer at summer league level. He was looking deer in headlights, man, and he's just done a complete one eighty. Just a completely different player, and I think ready to compete, and I think confident in everything that he's doing. And I, I just didn't expect what I was seeing on the defensive end and the rebounding. So I think that's big time but again man this team continued to fight and John Morant just went otherworldly um in this game man just doing it all 49 points guy has 49 points still got eight assists uh just super efficient 17 to 26 another thing man he's really really been knocking down his free throws there's been times in the past where he's kind of struggled there been super streaky but he's been knocking those down in, in the three-point shooting from him uh five or six in this game five or six uh from three and he's shooting the ball with confidence um there are times in the past where, where he'd be wide open and he'd kind of hesitate and think, should I really take this shot now? He's just let that MF fly, as they say. And, I uh, mean, you just love to see it. And I, he's just on another level right now, man. Just a big-time, big-time game. Maybe he didn't get that get that 50-piece, uh, that last inbound. I was like, man, get it to shot because I know they're going to foul him. And they got it in the, the Desmond Bain, man. But can't knock it, man. 49 points, man. Just an awesome night for Jod. I just like the, the fight that they had to, to not give up in this game when they were down double digits. 
and to come back and win it going away. Yeah, I would say, you know, in my mind, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I saw a lot of the same overarching things and issues that got them you know, whooped in that in that Dallas game that I saw in the Houston game. But the difference was just job was able to put on that Superman cape and he just went in. Like, he just refused to let this team lose his game. Uh, like I said, super efficient. He was just putting his team in a position to win. And he had the opportunity to get 50 points. If he wanted 50 points, he could have easily yeah. got there. But he, he just showing the kind of guy he is. You know, he's passing it up. You know, he double team when he wasn't trying to force anything. Um, want to make sure he makes the right play. So he passed to a teammate. Uh, he could have could have been fouled at the free throw line, but he passed before they could foul him. And I, I just don't think that was – I don't think he wanted that to be a storyline. At the end of the day, I think he just wanted it to be about getting the win. And – trying to maybe someone had logic was conserving as much injury as possible at that point for the next game. So just respect to John and everything that he's continuing to do for this team. The the depth is not as thin right now, just through injury and through roster construction to some extent, but he is just determined that, you know, he's going to put the team on his back and that's exactly what he did. I, I will give a shout out to Conchar in this Houston game. He um, also did well. He had uh, six three-point attempts. He was three of six. From three, he had 17 points, but he had uh, quite a bit of help from from uh, Conchar. That was much needed help, uh, and and he was able to sort of contribute in that way. You want to see? I mean, that's that's that we're talking about. Would he be able to to shoot at a good volume? Would he be really really even take the attempts? Is was what my question is. So the answer is that you know he will take the attempts. He's not always going to make them, um, but he is filling in. I think nicely in his role. And it's sort of just being some of the depth that this team needs right now. And another real quick point on, on job uh this year, man. A guy that scored 49 points, no selflessness. Like you don't you don't walk away from that game at all thinking, oh man, that was a selfish. He's taking a lot of shots, man. 17 to 26 and still had eight assists. I mean, he's doing this within the team concept and efficiently. To, and, and I know that's crazy to say for a guy to have 49 points, but this wasn't just about a guy just passing up his teammates is just taking a lot of shots. I mean, he's doing doing both. I mean, he's scoring 49 points and getting his teammates involved and doing it efficiently. efficiently. So, man, it was just just really awesome to see, man. It's, again, man, sky's the limit with him, man. I I don't put any ceiling on him, man. It was just a, a crazy, crazy performance, and I don't, definitely don't think that's the last one we're going to see this season like that by any by any stretch. Yeah, it's – to me, the, the biggest concern for this team right now is, is – well, there's a couple – defense would be my number one concern. They are 29th in the league in defensive rating at 120.1. And then you look at their offensive rating, they're pretty far down there as well. They're around 17th, I think, 17th or 18th in that the offensive rating. So, you know, it, 109.3, they're 17th exactly. There are struggles. This team is not healthy. Desmond Bain is struggling. He's not shooting the ball well. He's still doing stuff to contribute to winning, but he just does not look like himself. I'm, I'm not in panic mode. I know that shooters go through slump. I believe that he will come out of it. But John Moran can't. John Morant cannot be Superman every single night. Not eighty. Not through eighty-two games. It's just. It's not going to happen. You run up against the the Dallas team, who has a great defensive scheme set up. To, to go against him and you watched him, you know, he got 20 points. He had 20 points. He got to the free throw line eight times. He only had four assists, but they done a good job slowing him down. They were running almost, 
you see defensive make a wall. Defenses make a wall whenever they're playing against Giannis to try and keep him from getting downhill. And that's almost what you saw from Dallas in this game. And I'm kind of back and are bouncing back and forth between the games, but I, I'm not surprised that they got beat by Dallas because I think this was their first, like the first real test. They're supposed to beat the yeah. next team, even though they're yep. shorthanded. They're supposed to be the young Rockets team, even though they're shorthanded. They're the better team, but I I hate the way that this Mavericks I this the way that this game went down. Dallas is not 41 points better than Memphis. You're playing second night of a back-to-back, and it was like the third game in four nights. The The Grizzlies look tired, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of making excuses. The Mavericks just kicked their ass. They're like, bottom line, that's what happened. The Mavericks had a game plan. They went out, they executed it, but it didn't seem like anything at all went right for the Grizzlies in this game. Some of that was execution from the Mavericks, and some of it was self-inflicted. Yeah, I think with with this game, like I kind of saw this coming from a mile away. I was talking to somebody earlier that day. It's like, man, I don't like this spot at all, man. I got a feeling that they're going to get railed tonight. I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it's just a bad spot. You got Dallas, who's been all bad and played since Wednesday. Um, and this game was on Saturday night. The Grizzlies obviously played the Rockets the night before, had to travel there. Uh, you, you got Dallas rested. This was Dallas' first home game. It was their second game of the season. They lost their opener at Phoenix. Hadn't played um, since Minnesota. Wednesday. Hadn't played since Wednesday, yeah. Just, they were ready for this game. Their fans were ready, and I, I, I felt this was a bad spot, man. The Grizzlies are already shorthanded, and this would have been a tough game, even fully healthy. Uh, so I was like, man, this is a, a tough spot, man. I know we beat the Knicks, like you said, supposed to beat that team, uh, beat the Rockets, supposed to beat that team. But I think this Mavericks game, as you guys got a foreshadow, kind of, uncover some of the holes that even in that Knicks game and the Rockets game you saw. But those games, even though they won those games, there were some things in those games that you could see if they were playing a better level of competition that they would have gotten exposed and they got away with them in those games. It's like being down early against Rockets, double digits, um, that Knicks game, having to go to overtime against that team. And I know you, you guys are more positive about that Knicks team than I am. I just think that team, the Knicks pretty much being fully healthy, the Grizzlies down, they still have to go to overtime. I'm not as sold on that Knicks team, I think, as you guys are. But it's this game right here, I think, showed some of the holes. A lot of it had to do with the Grizzlies being tired and, and everything, like you said, a bad spot. But some of the things that the Grizzlies, I think, were shooting a lot better than I even expected, even against two less opponents. And I think they didn't shoot the ball well against the Knicks, obviously. I mean, against the Mavericks, obviously. And that's something that I'm concerned about. I, I just don't, in the end, I don't think this team ends up being a really good three-point shooting team. I know people were kind of happy. That I was like, I like what I saw in the first two games. And people were kind of declaring, oh, well, this team is going to shoot and I think there will be nights where they shoot the basketball well, but when you're depending on guys like LaRavia and Roddy to shoot the basketball well, there are going to be some nights where those young guys, they come in and they're knocking down shots, and some nights they're really going to struggle. Um, and we kind of saw that in the game. It's going to be ebbs and flows, especially with the with that bench. And as you said, Ja can't be Superman and carry his team every night. I mean, you're going, to, you're going up against another guy, Luca, who can do the same type of things, and, and that's what we saw, man. Just a lot of Luca. They started off with Roddy on Luca, and that was a mess. I mean, he ended up minus 36, and that's not a knock on him. I mean, a lot of guys, even if you're going to get Dylan Brooks, Luca is going to, going to get his. I mean, you're not going to shut him down. But it was just a tough night, man, and I, and I kind of saw that was coming. And, again, man, it, I think that's kind of why I predicted six and four through the first 10 because I knew that there was going to be some issues. I mean, you're missing Jaron. 
Uh, I mean, you find out that that Dylan Brooks is not going to play. Zaire Williams is not going to play. That's a lot of defense that you're missing. And when you play against, against these three really good teams, it's going to be tough. Every game's not going to go like the Knicks and Rockets game uh, because when you go against these really good teams, they're going to expose those guys not being out, man. It's going to be hard to beat a team like that even fully healthy. I mean, you're going to give you a battle, but you're down three of your best defenders. I mean, that, that's just going to be a tough night. And that's what we saw, man. Just couldn't get shot, stops uh, in the game. And going against Dallas, man, they're, they'll run you out of the building, man. They have a good game plan for the Grizzlies anyway. We've seen that over the last few years. It's just been a tough matchup. They do a really good job on Jaw and, and, and blitzing him and know they know how to kind of slow the game down, man, and, and get a Grizzlies problems. And that's just what we saw. And being shorthanded, man, made it even worse, man. They end up going down by, what's that, 40, 41 points? Yep, yep, 42, 40, well, the biggest thing was 42, but yeah, that's, that's what they ended up going down by. Yeah, like you you like you talked about, I, some of the issues with shooting, particularly with the second unit, uh, I think were glaring. Uh, everybody on the second unit still ended up being in the negative, even in that Houston game, with the exception of David Roddy, who was a net neutral. Everybody else is pretty much a negative, um, you know, even when they won or lost, because shooting is a problem. As soon as John Morant goes off the court, Nobody can make a shot, and they are getting absolutely run out on that second unit. That was an issue. It's been an issue for every game, but there are some games where God can come in and he can make up for it and he can be the eraser, but that just can't happen every night, like you said. Um, and then the other thing is the rebounding is struggle. And so it's the points. The rebound, they get now rebounded often. I mean, they, they barely – 29 of 52. Yeah, they, they got killed in Dallas on the rebound. And then even the Rockets, I think they – they, they did get 33 rebounds compared to the Houston Rockets 32, but I mean rebounding is really important to this team. So you really don't even want it to be that close of a margin. Um, and I know the Grizzlies are going to have to find a new way to win. I don't expect them. You know, last year rebounding, take a chance points was their number one way of getting offense. I think they're trying to move away from that anyway. So there's going to be a little. I expected a drop off to some extent, but it's got to be better than this. Um, they got they, they got to have a plan for that, especially because they aren't. I mean. The, the goal was to get increased shooting so they yeah. didn't have to be dependent as much on those second chance points and I, I like I like the philosophy and I like the theory behind that but the execution of that is is, is not looking well um and it's another thing that, that I noticed that that uh I, I talked about a little bit of well I can't remember if I talked about this on social media or not but Steven Adams has seemed to get a lot of turnovers because the two-man game between Steven Adams and Des and Bain, they used to work so well last season. Teams seem to have keyed in on that. They are stopping that, and now those are just becoming turnovers on Steven Adams' part. Um, they've got to figure out something else. So, something else, I think, is using Aldama. He's got some great ball skills. He ran point guard for the hustle. I think using that secondary playmaking is something something that'd be better because if nothing else, he can maybe make a better pass than Steven Adams can. And Steven Adams can – you know, he's adequate, but if the teams are looking for that and they're looking to defend that, it, it's early, but, you know, I have a concern that that won't get fixed. And this team isn't in a position to be turning over the ball at all. Like they, they can't just have unnecessary turnovers, and that's that's gotten them in, in a few tough situations, especially because it seems like that, that type of thing happens when they, when they start to get a little momentum going, and then there'd be a bad pass or a bad exchange. Uh, particularly Steven, I just seem to be, I'm not beating on him at all, but he just, that seems to be kind of what happens and then they lose sort of lose momentum uh, a little bit. And so those are just some things I noticed. I, I think uh, I'm not, I'm not, hey, it's the early in the season. I expected the defense to be lacking. Jaron was a huge part of everything they wanted to do. So, so 
So, so yes, I'm, 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 I think long term that'll be okay. Uh, but this shooting, I mean, nobody ever, nobody's really knowing if Garrett's gonna come back and be able to provide that extra shooting. Dylan is inefficient. So even with the guys in Zaire, maybe actually <laughs> maybe end up being more one of the more reliable of of the three at a lower volume. But you got to get some reliable shooting from from the outside. And those rookies, like you said, are going to be inconsistent. You really need Des and Bang to to be himself. Uh, people, some people are a little panicked. I'm not panicked. I, I'm a little concerned, mostly because he's never been struggled this much from the field and from three. Like generally, if he's struggling from three, he's still efficient from the field, and, and he's missing bunnies. So my hope is he'll just you know get it right. But I mean, he's he's under thirty percent for the year in both field goal and, and three-point shooting. And that's not normal, even through three games, even in the slumps, it's, it's not been that bad. So there is some cause for concern. I don't really know. I can't pinpoint it, man. I, I can't I can't put my finger on what it could be. That's, But, you know, maybe it's one of the things where if he gets back in the season, it'll be okay. But it's unfortunate because the timing is where they need him kind of the most. And he's he's not been able to give them too much. Now, he did show some flashes. Um, against the, the Dallas game in the second half, we saw a little bit that he was able to kind of get some mojo going, a little bit of the Dez and Bane that we know. But uh, hopefully that he shakes out of that soon because uh, this team needs him. I think when, when Jaron comes back, I think it'll help some of the Stephen Adams stuff. But Zaire, they need Zaire, I think, desperately right now. Uh, yeah. I think that second unit is really missing him, and they need him to take that step. I think especially – Shooting, we talk about the shooting, man. They're going to need that from him. He's a big, big-time piece to this team and what they need to kind of reach their ceiling and kind of help make up for kind of losing those guys like Kyle Anderson and Anthony Melton. They need Zaire to kind of step up on the defensive end and the shooting and defensive end to kind of fill in because that second unit needs some help. Like, I I knew that that second unit was going to be an issue from time to time. Again, they're going to be nice where they look good and they're going to be nice where they struggle, but they need other guys to make shots and so forth through three games. I mean, there have been times where guys have made shots, but they, there's no consistency to it, and that's going to be something that they're going to have to do to be successful, especially against better teams. During the regular season last year, the Grizzlies were super, like, they, more often than not, they outpaced their opponent, and that hasn't been the case so far this year. They 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 were outpaced by the Knicks, they outpaced the Rockets, and then the Mavericks just destroyed them. Yeah. Do it. Um, <laughs> Is that any concern for you? Do you think that that is just a, a you know, a, something that, that's coming up because of the injuries, or do you think it's something else? I mean, I think it's a, a mix of things. I do definitely think kind of you, you they're dealing with a lot of stuff right now. I mean, you know, again, you, you're missing, missing Jaron. You're trying to work rookies in. These guys, it's their first taste of real NBA action, so they're trying to get acclimated. It's just – and again, man, uh, and I, I hate to keep harping on that, but that was just kind of my thing going into the season why I felt like they wouldn't win as many games. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that they got to work through and try to figure out. And it, and it, it makes it even tougher when you have injuries because then there's going to be another adjustment period once you get healthy. And, and I definitely think that plays a big part in it because, uh, again, you have a couple guys in the rotation that are playing significant minutes right now that they're not used to this system they haven't done this you had guys that were cohesive and had done this for a while and they're just still trying to find their way so I mean this is not a, a easy situation I mean I guess being two and one right now is not 
bad at all. I mean, you don't want to go down 137 to 96, but with everything that they're working through, I, I'm not really even looking at those numbers and stuff right now because I, I know there's going to be off. I know there's going to be things like the rebound, and that's, that's not Grizzlies basketball. I know they're trying to get away from that and, and add more shooting, but uh, we, we've talked about that before, and that, that was kind of the emphasis in the draft, but I'm not sure if they adequately done that kind of the way that Zach Lyman said they wanted to. So I don't know if they can go as far that direction as they want to, because, because I, I still don't know if they have the personnel to kind of get away from that. I still think when you get, if you have, have uh, Stephen Adams, I think you kind of need to create those second chance points by offensive rebounds and stuff. I still think they need some more of that. Maybe, maybe not as much as they had in the past, but I think they kind of feel like this is a better shooting team. I'm not so sure yet. But we'll see. But but again, on, on, as far as the pace, I just think there's so much other stuff going on right now, man, that, that you're going to see when you look at those numbers, they're going to be skewed right now. Um, I just don't think you're going to see a lot of the some of the same things we saw last year. Maybe as the season matures and goes on, they'll kind of get back to some of those things. But right now, they're just trying to navigate this easy schedule, man. They just need to find ways to get games, out, win games, however that is. So do you think that they – the guys that they lost on this team were, were not great shooters. Melton would have streaky moments. Do you feel like they went backwards in shooting, or do you feel like there's just no improvement? Well, well, for, can I can I answer the question about the? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you can. Yeah, answer both of them. You can answer the first one and then take off with that one. Okay, so so I think the pace is some probably going to be something that you see as a theme. Just because I think this team, this team is going to learn how to play differently. I think yeah. that was the mo of the front office, and so this team is not as athletic as it was last year. They they have bigger guys, slightly taller than the Cal Anderson, or or bigger, you know, in build than you know with the the Anthony Milton, obviously, and and the rookies in Arabia and and Roddy that they're playing. They went for more uh, physicality and size, which makes sense in terms of half court offense playoffs and, and sort of them needing needing a little bit more physicality than that Timberwolves series, especially. So I think that's something that they're choosing to sacrifice. Now, Zaire will come in and he's probably one of the few athletic guys you got left because John Contra was never going to have the athleticism of the Anthony Melton. So you just dropped off in several areas. And so I think that will continue to be a thing. I'm okay with that. They can learn how to overcompensate with it's a good transition into the shooting. I think they are personally. I think they are better in shooting, but we may not see the dividends of that to maybe the second half of the season. It's my my guess. Um, I think it's going to be rough. These rookies are going to be inconsistent. Uh, I think Zaire Zaire is going to take a step forward in that in that regard. It looks like Tuncher is still going to be iffy, but I think he can be maybe more consistent than a Dan Anthony Melton was because he might still be able to at least get you one maybe two threes where when DeAnthony was off, he couldn't get you anything. All right. So I think there is some give and take there, but you're going to see them struggle early. I think that's just a reality. I think long-term for sure, they're better off. And I think they're better built for the playoffs and for better half court offense, but you need that. Some, it's not just the, the inconsistent of the inconsistency of the rookies that's hurting this team right now. Your veterans are struggling. BC has struggled at times. Uh, Dez is struggling. We don't have Dylan. So there are a lot of other – I mean, Adams really doesn't look great. Um, he hadn't had too many shining moments himself. So there's a lot of moving pieces as to why they look the way they look in terms of at least being effectively shooting from the field. 
But my thinking is you'll see that develop, you know, by the end of the year. Hopefully that's improved. Yeah, I think the potential uh, for this team to be a better shooting team is there. But I don't, I don't think you're going to – that's not necessary cash in right now. I think it's going to take the, the younger guys getting more experience, uh, as Candace said, because those guys do have potential to shoot the basketball better than – what you lost in the – I mean, De'Anne Melton, there were times where De'Anne Melton was shooting the basketball really well, but like you said, he's streaking. Kyle Anderson's not a guy that was at and shooting. Uh, so I think those – Brody and Arabia and those guys have more potential uh, to, to be shooters than those guys, but I think it's going to be down the line. And, of course, you mean you just got to get guys back. You Jaren because it's going to add something uh, for the perimeter. Hopefully he can get more efficient uh, than he was last year. We've seen him shoot the basketball better than he shot last year. But, again, man, it's just a lot of – stuff that they're working through right now. I think this is going to be a completely different team when we get in, into February, March than, than what we're seeing right now. And we'll see how how it goes, whether they get away from kind of like you said, that the offensive rebound, create more opportunities and become a better shooting team and which way this kind of goes. But I just think they're going to they're gonna need some time to kind of grow together. And we're not even there yet because you got some major pieces still out. So they can't really even do that right now. Yeah. And just, just to add on that real quick, I, like just to elaborate on what you were saying, I, I think a key thing is going to be everybody playing their actual roles because right now they're yeah. having to be, they're being asked way more of them than they would normally be asked. I mean, I'm sure we didn't go into this off season or the season thinking that David Wright was going to be guarding Luca, like ever. <laughs> that, that I, hope, I hope that wasn't. I hope that wasn't what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what we were what we were looking at. So everybody's being everybody's kind of playing outside of their position, outside of their role. And so it looks clunky and, and disconnected. And so just getting a couple pieces. I think even just getting Dylan back will be huge because maybe that'll take allow Dez to be play a little bit more freely. And uh, I think I really think Aldama can add some 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 juice to that second unit personally just with his secondary play, playmaking. But anyway, it gives you more options. Yeah, that you know the the struggles of BC to me it's just role. It's role related. Yeah, you have seen him in situations. There have been multiple times in these first few games where on the offensive end, he, he's in parked court. in the corner. And last year he averaged two offensive rebounds a game. If you move him back into his ideal role and you give him those two offensive rebounds a game, which led to easy points because they were easy putbacks for him, then his numbers look significantly better. So it's all like it's a trickle down effect of, you know, we knew going into the season, Jaron's going to be out. Well, then you get the Zaire knee soreness and you get the thigh soreness from Dylan. And now your wing depth is just, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. Like the wing depth is just not there. And it's like, well, why, why are the wings affecting Brandon Clark? Well, because he's a better player than some of the other options. And so you're seeing super clunky lineups get put out there together because that's what Jenkins like. It's just Jenkins is going to play the best players, and so you see lineups that are not necessarily effective because of that. I want to look back. I know this is a different team, but if we look back at the first twenty games of last season, the Grizzlies came out. They won their first two. They lost their third one. They kind of bounced back and forth. We get to game twenty. They're ten and ten. They're a five hundred team. And then something clicked for them. Something, don't know exactly what happened, but the, the, the defense. Defense. The just defense just like, turned up. Yeah, it, it got significantly bad. It's like they, you know, they, they win the game to get to 10-10 and 10 against the Kings, and then they wake up in Toronto, 
and something clicked for them. And then they took off and, and they ended up tying the season right, re- uh, single season win record for the, the franchise. Is that, do you feel like that might be what we're seeing because of the injuries and the new guys and getting chemistry on the floor? Like there's no doubt there's chemistry on this team. These guys hang out, they work out together. You can tell that they get along, but chemistry as far as like relationships is not the same as chemistry and timing on the floor. So you think we're going to see something like that again? You think it's going to take a, a, you know, 15 or 20 game stretch here for them to really get their legs under them and figure stuff out again. I mean, I, I think I think we could see that, but I think it might take that might take more than twenty games, just because uh, having these guys out. I mean, you weren't expecting to have Dylan and kind of Zaire out going in, so even when they come back and and whenever Jaron comes back, they're going to need time to where all these guys are playing together. Because you you hit the nail on the head. You talk about a triple trickle down effect. Guys are playing different roles now. Um, I mean, you need Tyus to come in. Tyus is having to try to carry more of an offensive load now because they just don't – you don't know what you're going to get out the bench scoring-wise. You got BC, like you said, playing in these bad lineups because Jenkins wants him on the floor. In order for him to get on the floor and kind of make sense with kind of the crazy rotations and stuff they got going on now, he ends up on the floor with Steven Adams and Xavier Tillman, which Xavier Tillman and BC is better than Adams, but it's still not not good. Having those, This team is – really struggle anytime they have two non-shooters on the floor. And you, you've seen that uh, a lot this year, way too much. And I'm, I'm glad I'll be glad when we don't have to see that anymore. But um, I just think the, the chemistry, like you said, man, all these guys, I mean, you see it before the game, man, they're dancing around, hopping, even the rookies. I was glad to look, like to see that, man, LaRavia and all those guys in there getting in there dancing with the guys. And that's, that's fantastic. I mean, a lot of teams don't have that, but as you said, on the court chemistry takes time to develop. Um, and, and I, and I think with, the close knit of this team and the way this culture is of this team, they're going to get there. I just think it's going to take time on the floor together. And right now you're missing three guys and you got to get all three of those guys back and get them worked in. You got to get the rookies acclimated with playing with those guys, even though they might, one of those guys is not going to get as many minutes. Once everybody gets back and Zaire gets back, you're not going to get as much of LaRavia and Robbie running. One of those guys will get some minutes. One of them might be completely out of rotation. I'm interested to see how that plays out, but, it might. I think we'll get there. I just think it might take more than twenty games. That last year, those guys were kind of the same guys. They didn't have a lot of some any new pieces or really anything they were working in. Man, they were just. I think they was just knocking off rust and trying to get together. But I think it might take a little bit longer than maybe thirty games this year, just because of some of the things that's going on now. But I believe in the culture, this coaching staff, and in the way this team, the camaraderie that this team has. So I think they'll get there. I just think it might take a little bit longer this year. Yeah, for, for the record, the and Candace, I'll let you go right after this. The uh, the BC and X lineups are not better than Adams and Clark statistically. It, they're both even, terrible. Even, even last year, uh, I didn't pull up last year, but th- yeah, this so year it's, it's, it's not even. Oh close. yeah, it's it's, it's bad. Yeah. I know both of them bad. Yeah, I, I'll pull up last year's real quick and see, but yeah, th- this year it's uh. It's it's I mean that's, brutal both I, ways. I hate it. It's really not a lot of way around it right now though. But I, it's it's rough, man. Every time I see it, I'm like, man, my eyes are bleeding. Like, what? Why is BC parked in the corner? No, that's that's just you're just taking away his game. I mean, it's just taking away what he does best. You need him ten feet away from the basket in there to get get those offensive rebounds, get that floater. You just there's no reason for him to be parked out in the corner. It's just he's going to be ineffective like that. Is just, it's just tough to see, man. I, I hate those lineups, but again, man, it's 
kind of out of necessity now, man, just because of cause what they what they have going on, what they're working with. And he's, he wants him on the floor for a certain amount of minutes, and I think it's just hard to get him on the floor for the amount of minutes you want to play him without at times being in some of those weird lineups. Yeah, and they're just not working. But, yeah, I, I pull up last year's as well. The the BC Adams lineups were better than the BCX lineups wow. last year by just a slim margin, and this yeah year, they're both terrible though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they neither one of them were great either way. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it feels better. Like watching it, it feels better with yeah, BC yeah it does feel better with X, but st- statistically, it's not. And I think it's because the because Adams provides more value to your offense than the next can probably. I mean, just with his screens and rebounding. Yeah, that, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm I am more on the optimistic side that so I think I think it might come in coming from coming going ways. So I think around the 20 game mark you might see a little bit more continuity, much improved continuity. I think they they're not gonna be all the way there. I think they can be a lot closer. Uh because I think Dylan's coming back, you know, next couple games. I and mean, he's questionable again for the Monday night game. And a lot of people thought he was gonna play you know, a Saturday night game. So he, he's got to be come back anytime now. Now, if they went, there's a longer period of time. If it was two, three weeks where Dylan wasn't going to be coming back, then that's different. I don't think they played enough for because nobody's comfortable in their role right now. So I don't think it'll be a weird thing about everybody having to readjust to their new roles because nobody's <laughs> nobody's comfortable in where they are now. So Dylan coming back, I think, will actually add to the chemistry. And he's another guy that has worked with those guys. Same thing with Zaire coming back when he does come back. Um, I think that'll just help because they're, but just by nature of how much they're being asked over, you know, normally when people are out, they're being asked to do more, but I think it's just an abnormal amount that they're being asked to do more. So I think that shuffles itself out, but I will say this, by the time that they maybe sort of find their flow is around the time that Jeremy's going to come back. So then I think you have, you might make some, some adjustments for there. I think it may come and go in ways. I think you will see a period of, of chemistry looking like it's starting to build. It might get thrown off a little bit when Jaron comes back because he's going to have to try to – that's going to be a whole thing. Something's going to be in a new role. You're going to see him. How does he respond to that? And so those will be some questions for that time. But I, I'm more optimistic that you will see improvement in terms of chemistry. It won't be optimal. I mean, but really you don't want it to be optimal this time of year. You you want to be missing. You want to be playing your best ball – you know, as the season gets close to the playoffs. So um, I, I think ultimately they'll be fine and you will see some improvement soon, I believe. Yeah, well, J- Jared's return, return is kind of why I said I, might, I think it might take a little bit longer because when Jared comes back, that's really going to be an adjustment. Even when you get Dylan and Zaire back you, and people are kind of getting comfortable in, in their roles they, with those guys, like you said, when Jared comes back, Jared has such an impact uh, on, on what they do that there's definitely going to be adjustment here. Adjustment here, not only for himself and him working out, but if he's missed the entire offseason trying to work him back in, it also, with him trying to work himself back in, kind of changes the role. Santi's going to now be in a reserve role, which I think is going to be fantastic for the team. Are, are we, are we 100% on that? Like, are you what? 100% sold that that's going to be the case? You don't think that there's a chance with the way that Aldama's playing that, uh, that you see Jaron starting at the five and Adam's coming off of a bench role? I mean, I think that's possible. I just, I think Jaron and, and Santi do some of the same things as far as shooting from the perimeter and, and everything like that. I still think you want Stephen Adams in there, even though Sonny has surprised me with his rebounding. 
I, I would I, normally I would say you definitely want Steven Adams in there for for those rebounds, but Sonny has been rebounding the ball. He's actually matching and even beating Steven Adams on, on the board tonight. That's an interesting thought. I even hadn't even thought about that concept. I think they'll stick with Adams, but I think it's a lot more of a question than I think anybody would have thought going into this season. I don't think anybody thought, oh, well, when Jerry comes back, so there's a chance that Jerry starts at the five, something starts at four, and Steven Adams comes off the bench. I think people would have thought you were crazy prior to game one by saying that, but as these games go on, that's not as crazy as it sounds. I still wouldn't predict that they do it right now, but it it's not the craziest thing. I think they close with that lineup. Then they start with Yeah, that. oh, 100%. I definitely think they close with that lineup, yeah. yeah. You think, so I, I think, think Santi closes over think, BC even? Yeah, I think BC if, if works he, very, very well off of Jaren. Like they, they are that tandem is really good together. Yeah. If Sunday keeps playing like he's playing now, man, I, I think it changes some things because I mean he's I felt good for about, about him coming out of Vegas and coming out of preseason, but I think he's even just blowing through even those expectations. So I'm not putting any limitations on him again, man. I I I wouldn't predict any crazy changes, but I do think, I agree with Kansas, I do think there are going to be times where you see that as a closing lineup, but I just think he brings so much to the table. And, and now that he's the fact that he's holding his own on defensive end, rebounding, you're talking about secondary playmaking, I mean, he can be really good for you on the floor. And I think you're not giving up a lot of defensively because, again, he's holding his own, you know, which Jaron brings to the defensive end. I think you'll see that at times, especially if DC continues to struggle. Now, some of his struggles are, like you said, is just due to him being out of position and playing in weird spots. But I mean, that, that's interesting because I, I, I think they're going to want Sunday on the floor. I mean, he's just a – he's a good basketball player, man, from what we've seen, man. He just does a lot of lot of good things for you. And I don't think this is a fluke. I mean, we've seen him do these things in the starting lineup. We're not talking about preseason and summer league anymore, man. He's going up against Julius Randle, man, and, and hooping. So, I mean, it's he, he's going to be on the floor uh, in, in important times, man. I think they found another gem. I mean, that's just a shout to Clement in this front office. People are starting to think that was a, a miss, and it doesn't look like it was one at all. I mean, it looks like he's going to end up being a really good, really important piece for this team as the time goes on. Yeah. I remember having a conversation. Sorry, Candace, I keep talking over the top of you. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm people. Uh, I'm, I'm around people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I, think, I think both of us are. I mean, it's just, just yeah, you, man. I, I think I came around a little bit quicker than you did, but I think we most people were there. David was. I got to give him, man. He yeah. he didn't give in, man. Man, everybody was on on Sunday's end, man. He was like, man, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, man. So I give him, I give him his flowers for that. But, but I do think that uh, I, I think the number one thing that's going to keep Adams in starting lineup is how his value to Ja in terms of yeah. Yeah. set screen. No yeah. other big on this team knows how to set a balanced screen. I don't understand why that's not like a coaching point. Yeah, BC slips him every time. He doesn't make any contact. Man, I I wonder if we don't, because, you know, Santi's been putting on muscle. I wonder if we don't start seeing more of that from him. If the long-term goal would to be, like, if it was to be Aldama at the four and Jaron at the five, You've got to have somebody that can screen for Ja in the way that Adams does. And I know that they locked Adams up with his contract extension, but I also don't 100% believe that he's a long-term answer at the five. I know that they like his fit. They like what he's able to do for the screen and stuff with, like, with Ja, but I, I think that the four-five 
of the future is some combination of Brandy Clark, Jaron Jackson, and Santi Aldama. Yeah, that, that contract is movable. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm not sold that he'll he'll be here for the length of that contract. I think they kind of set themselves up for, with that contract is if they decide down the line that he's not the guy that they want long term, that they they can they'll be able to move him. Um, so I, I I'm skeptical, like like you said, because I think they want to kind of get away from that offensive rebound, extra possession type of team and, and become more of a, a faster, more, more athletic team, even though they got some bigger guys. I, I think the athleticism in that vein off the bench may be changed, but I think they want to kind of change their style a little bit, and, and Adams might not be the guy best suited to play that style. I think Aldama might be more suited to, to play that style, BC, and what, what he brings. So that, that, that'll be something to watch down the line. I think they like Steven Adams a lot and what he's brought to the team. You talk about setting the screens, and he really helps job. But I think as time goes on, I think that they might mature into a position to where he's not that guy anymore. Um, and, and I think that contract is very movable if they decide that that's what they want to do. I, I sure hope so. Right now, I don't know if Santi's going to do that either because I actually think it's a coaching thing more than it is the inability for them to set a screen. I mean, it's literally the difference of, like, just sitting there for an extra two seconds versus <laughs> doing that slip screen. I, I don't think they're close enough for to do it yet because, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're they're coaching him up to do that. But I think he's capable. Just to say, I think a lot of guys on this team are capable. But in the meantime, I think they're going to depend on Adams for that. But yeah, I, I'd sure love for them to see, you know, them really coach that up amongst these bigs and because and, I think you know, if you can do that, I do think it makes Steven Adams expendable, especially as well as Aldama's been rebounding, like Isaac mentioned. Yeah, you know, we, we were talking, I remember having a conversation last year, we were talking about Kyle Anderson, and I, I don't remember if Candace, if it was you that, that mentioned it, or if it was Isaac, but I know, like, after the, after the Grizzlies drafted him, before they drafted him, I didn't know a whole lot about him, so after the fact, I went back and I'm watching film, and I like, you know, you saw him at um, at Loyola, Maryland, kind of initiating some offense. And you mentioned earlier in this show about how, you, you know, maybe you get more playmaking from him in the second unit. But, you know, I, I said that he, he could be uh, a Kyle Anderson, like the, what Kyle Anderson brought to this team, but, but big- an improvement because he can shoot the ball. Yeah. And I, I thought that there would be a bigger gap defensively between the two, and I do still think that there's a gap. But Aldama's really surprised me. The uh, the block, he had a block on, um, oh, man, Jalen Green. Yeah, Jalen Green. Man, and, and I like the timing. I, I just didn't see it. I thought, I'm like, he's going to foul him here. And then he ends up blocking the shot clean. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got that clean. Oh, you know, it shocked the crap out of me. So it, it was, it, it's good to see the growth from him. That that's huge for this team. Still, you know, I'm still optimistic for the team. I I I, I said three and seven, and a lot of people were giving me crap. But at the time, they, that I said, they were giving me crap. So you know, so you know, yeah, they're giving you like, crap at three and seven. And, and that's fine. <laughs> but at the time and when they, they, when that guy the Western when, Conference Finals, the three and seven is starts. <laughs> When, when the guy posted that, it was right after Adams took that shot to the back of his neck. And so we knew that Zaire was out. We knew that Jaron was out. And there was a possibility that, that Adams was going to be out. And I'm like, man, if Adams is out, this team is hurting. Yeah, you shot me with that, though. Be. And so, you know, like, it's fine. I, I said if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll eat crow on it. It's good. I, I've, I've been wrong plenty of times before, and I can guarantee I'm going to be wrong again. So, 
it, it is what it is. Sometimes you you make predictions and you miss, and I'm okay being wrong on this one for sure. Yeah, man. Well, I said six and four, and they were giving me crap as well for even six and four. But I mean, I think you just look at some of the things that was going on. I think being realistic, six and four, I think wasn't bad at all. Because I mean, you just work and do some stuff. I mean, you got Jaron out, and you found out. We, at that point, we were kind of thinking Stephen Adams might miss time. You found out Brent, um, Dylan Brooks and, and Zaire Williams. This time. Like, you knew Zaire was out, and I was telling people, well, Zaire could possibly miss time as well. And they were like, no, man, 9-1, 10-0, 8-2. That was just all the protection. I was like, man, pump the brakes on that, man. It's, it's a lot. Of, I know this team has some of their major parts back, but they're, they're working through stuff, and they're missing their defensive anchor. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. Sometimes there's rust there. Anyway, I just felt like there were going to be some times where they struggle, and they got got the first two, man, but really struggling this one, man. Hopefully they can get back on the, the right track Monday night. Hopefully Dylan Brooks can go. I was shocked that he didn't play uh, last night. I, I thought for sure he'd be back. They still got him listed questionable for Monday, man, but they need him back. I mean, they really need him back on, on the defensive end and even his shot creation. Uh, they need another guy out there, and I think that takes some pressure off of Desmond Bain. And with Bain, man, I'm, I'm not – panicking or anything, but I'm a little bit concerned. I talked last time we were on here about the back issues, and I think that's what's going on. Like, I really do think he's experiencing some back discomfort, and that's kind of limiting him. I mean, he's still still productive, but he's not the desperate man, especially with these guys out, what they need him to be. I mean, he needs to be that Batman to, uh, to Robin to Jaws, Jaws Batman, and he just hasn't consistently in these three, over the two, three, three games, be able to do that, because I just don't think he's right. He's trying He's out there playing. I think he's healthy enough to play, but I don't think he's 100% to kind of be the, the Desmond Bain that we thought, because I thought this would be – and it's still, still, we're talking three games, but coming into the season, I felt like he was probably I, – I, I predicted him to be an all-star this year, and that's still very possible, man, but he's got to got to turn it around, but I, I just don't think he's himself, himself right now. Trying to play through it, man, so hopefully it's not anything chronic like, I, like I'm starting to think it is, but they're, 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 they're going to need him, man, and he just has it here early been able to be that with any consistency i don't know what it is but i'm i'm concerned because i don't know what it is i think i feel better but he's i mean they're not putting him on the injury report or anything so i mean i i mean maybe some secret injury that they're just keeping super on the wraps i don't know but Grizz seemed to be super conservative about that thing you know so i i mean i don't know maybe i'm not, I'm not gonna rule it out but i'm i'm not panicked and i do think with time that he'll come around. The question is, how long does it take? Because uh, the team doesn't have a lot of time for him to take his sweet time to get back around to Desert Bay. We know. No. You know, I mean, it, they, it could just as easily be conditioning. You know, they they were in the, the Knicks game, they were saying it was cramps. You saw him working on his lower back, and it, it could just be conditioning. If you, you know, we kind of, we've talked about this a little bit, but. You know, if you're exhausted and you try to put yourself through it, your body cramps up. You get those cramps, and so it may just be something where he doesn't have his legs yet, and that's why he's looking like this. But we'll see. We definitely want to see him bounce back because the way he's playing right now, uh, this team will not get to the 50 wins that I projected if he's playing like this all season. It's weird because he even struggled in the preseason, but in the preseason it didn't look like – he was limited physically at all because, I mean, he was getting downhill, getting to the basket. He was struggling with his shot, but it didn't look like there was anything physically wrong with him. So it's it's strange, man. I mean, he's such well, a I'm good playing. shooter, 
It, it, he's such a good shooter to see him shooting the basketball like this. Like I don't know, I don't know what it is, man. I I don't know. Like I, I, I again, I just I think he's gonna get back because like, we just know how good of a shooter and good of a player he is. But it, it's just a weird situation that you just don't know what it is. I, I personally do think that he's dealing with some some back stuff. I think that when you're overcompensating, that causes cramps and other things, causes you to have other type of things going on. I personally think that's what it is, but I I don't know. Like, it, it's just hard to tell because, again, he didn't – until that, that situation with the cramps, he didn't seem to be moving any differently. Like I said, he seemed to be even faster in the preseason. I commented on that during the preseason about how quickly he's taking it in and get to the basket. So, I don't know, man. It, it's just kind of weird. But still, just just three games in, man. But, again, as time goes on, if this, there's any improvement, that's a big concern going forward. Yeah, I made a joke. I said, I think he got too strong in the offseason. He got so strong. He's yeah. it's, and it's funny. I, I know it, I mean, I, it, I'm halfway joking, but also, like, he's much more likely to make it if he's super deep. But, like, if he's close, it, like, breaks. But, he like, the few he's made, he's been, like, super deep. And I don't know. My theory is uh, it's 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 pending. We'll see. But if he's he can just do to... those layups, man, if he can just <laughs> – if he could contribute offensively, if he could just get that layup shot right, yeah. he miss a nose, man. I'm like, how you, how you miss a nose? Um, yeah, he's he's still working though. That's what you know. Even through the struggles, uh, there was one game that he was he wasn't really flirting with a triple double, but I think he had like fourteen points, seven rebounds, and six assists or something like that. Like he he's he's still playing at a decent level. I think that the we have just yeah. set the bar so high for yeah, him that was because of what we've seen. That uh, you know, it's it's tough to watch him play the way that he is. I think it's part to love the the bar, but I think it's more the situation of the team and how much more important he is now that that we're not getting that. It's I mean, I, I honestly think even if Dylan was back, it wouldn't be as big. I mean, assuming that it was good, Dylan, um, I don't think it would be as big of a deal because the team wouldn't be hit provided on him as the only other source of offense. Um, but it puts a lot on him. That doesn't help. I'm sure he feels that. Maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, it's definitely super glaring because of kind of what's going on right now with the injuries, uh, the roster construction uh, a little bit. I do think because it, it, it's so much on him now because we know what Jaws gonna do. Jaws gonna gonna bring it every night. I think we're at the point now where, I mean, not not that Jaws not gonna ever have a bad game, but I think he's, I think twenty points unless it's just things just go horribly. It's like a baseline for him now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna you're gonna get what what you need to get from him for probably 99% of nights. But right now they just don't have anybody else in Bain has to be that guy. Like they need Bain at 20 right now. And it's just a lot more on him right now. So just a, just a weird situation. Weird, weird for him. Uh, he's working through something, man. Just let's just pray and hope he, he gets through it. Actually, I do want to talk about Ja a little bit more in the Mavericks game. So I, I was watching this game. <laughs> And I was watching their defensive scheme and what they were doing against him. And there were so many times I felt like he went into the coverage, like he went in and I know that he has the confidence. And I know a lot of times he is going to be able to twist contort his body and get that ball up and be able to make it through the defense like that. But I felt like he was pressing some in that Mavericks game. And I really like, there were times when he like they were collapsing three and four guys on him and there were there were lanes there were windows for him to kick it out to different people and he either you know 
turned the ball over or, you know, put a shot up and missed it. And, and I know, like, I don't expect him to go in 1v4 and win it every time. Like, I, that's not realistic. These are other NBA players. There's going to be times when they get in position and they're able to make him change what he wants to do. But you hear him preach about, you know, I, I just take what the defense gives me. And in that Mavericks game, at least, I don't feel like he was really doing that. I think there's two reasons for that. I think, number one, he knows how this team has struggled against Dallas and the talk about his place in the league and Lucas' place in the league. He could, You could say a lot of people, oh, well, he's not worried about that. He, he, he thinks about that in the back of his mind. When he goes up against one of those guys, like you said, the top ten, he wants to play well. There, there's no doubt about that. I think also the team was struggling so bad that he just felt like, man, I got to – I got to try to do something, man. Nobody's making shots. I got to get in there. I got to be Superman. I got to get in and save the team. And like you said, there were times he was driving in into three guys, just turning the ball over, like trying to hunt fouls, looking for fouls, and they wouldn't get in the calls. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of what you saw in the game because it was just so bad. I mean, offensively, they just couldn't couldn't get anything going. And I think he just got a mindset, well, I got to take this game over. And like you said, Dallas has such a good game plan against him. They weren't having it, and it. Just didn't work out. Still ended up with 20 points. Like I said, man, I think even when he plays horribly, I think he's at the point now where he's going to get you 18 to 20 points even when things just go terribly. Um, I think that's kind of a baseline where he's, where he's at. But I think that's just kind of what you saw in that game. I think things were just so bad that he just decided, man, I'm just going to try to take this thing over. And didn't look good a lot of times. Like you said, man, how many how many turnovers did he end up with? Three. Uh, yeah, three. Only had three? Okay, so not that bad. But, yeah, there were times definitely I, where he – especially early in that game where he tried to force it into the basket and, and wasn't, wasn't able to finish. And there were probably opportunities for him to kick it out. Not that those guys necessarily would have made those shots because it just seemed like nobody was making shots. But I think that's kind of my assessment of it. And I, I would say, I, I think, I would I would argue, he has a few of those moments in the Rockets game as well, but it looks different when the shot's going in. I mean. Yeah, yeah it, it does. Yeah, yeah, especially late in, that, in that fourth quarter, he definitely had some, yeah, he, some he moments had where he moment. turned the ball over and, yeah. Yeah, it's a moment it's... It, but uh, but I, I just think it worked then. And the uh, Dallas Mavericks have the length to counter that a little bit more than maybe most other teams would. Yeah, you know, you're running. You know, I know Maxi Cleva was coming over to to be the help defender quite a bit. Maxi Cleva, I got a, a guy six, six ten. Yeah, Chris, Christian <laughs> Wood was in there. Like he <laughs> he had a monster game against the Grizzlies. <laughs> he played well. You know, it, it's length. You know, he he. Ja did not um, struggle against Minnesota, but they did make it hard for him because they were running a lot of length at him. And, that, you know, that, that seems to be the game plan to just run a bunch of length at him and do the best you can to slow him down. Worked well for, for Dallas this time. I didn't look at the schedule to see what it would be, but I hope the next time that the Grizzlies play the Mavericks, I don't it's think not some sort of March. Yeah, yeah like, I want it to like not be time. something stupid where it's like, you know, their fourth night, our fourth game and six nights and back to back. Like, I want to okay. see them play Dallas on equal rest that like fully healthy, equal rest. That's what I want to see. I think that that's going to be a, a hell of a matchup. I think that this team when healthy is better than that Dallas squad, but the type of game that Dallas plays is tough for this team because it kind of counters what Memphis tries to do. So we'll see. It's a long way. The next game is Monday night at the Forum against the Nets. I'm I'm worried about that one. They ain't even going to lie. If Dylan is back, that 
changes a little bit, but Jalen Green towards this team, Luka Doncic towards this team, and the Nets have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They're both guys that can operate from the wing and tear you apart. Not to mention they have Ben Simmons. So, you know, this is going to be a, a tougher matchup. You know, you guys can laugh at Ben Simmons all you want, but he's a hell of a playmaker. He ain't going to shoot the ball that well, but Ben Simmons is a hell of a playmaker. So, and I would take Ben Simmons on this roster over the rookies any day of the week. So, anyway. Oh, well, I agree, I agree with you there. You know I agree with you there, but I, I think even, even – Yeah, I was going to say with the, with the Nets, um, even though they have those guys, they haven't looked great um, in their first few games. Now, at any point, that could – completely changed. I mean, they got guys that can go off. Like you said, do we really need Dylan back in this game? There's no question about that. I'm with you, with you there. Uh, but kind of go off topic real quick. Those two Mavericks games, they have actually a home and home. Uh, and here at Memphis, Saturday, March 11th, back in Dallas, Monday the 13th. So you get two opportunities, home and home, back and back. So that'll be interesting to see, kind of have the Grizzlies found out a way to, to play against that team. going to get two games in a row. But of course, the Nets, man. Yeah, man. That's it's it, it's going to be a tough one. That that can be a scary one if you don't have Dylan back. Uh, man, defense is going to be, I think, paramount in that game, and you you just need Dylan to to, to help to guard some of those guys, man. They got size. You got KD, like you said, Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, Kyrie can go off any any given night. So it's going to be an interesting game, man. But again, man, you don't want to snowball. You lost the game here, and you don't want to kind of start a losing streak if you can kind of continue to put games game together, man. That's, that's what you want to see here with these guys out. Uh, because I think if you can navigate the, if you can go six and four, kind of like I predicted a seven and three, as Candace said, I think you, that puts you in pretty good position to kind of start building on that when guys come back. Yeah. Yep. And you know, you, you look at what has happened the first three games of the season for this team, Cam Reddish for the Knicks, big wing that can handle the ball, create his own shot. Went off. He scored 22 One of the best games he's ever played in the league. Jalen Green put up 30 on him. Luka Doncic, I still say that he could have scored 70 in this game. Like, he had 21 in the first quarter, and it's like he just started getting his teammates involved. If he wanted to keep scoring, I think that he could have. So, so wings that can handle the ball and create their own shot have been killing this team because they don't have their best wing defenders here. If Dylan is not healthy for this game, you have, you know, like – Ben Simmons is not necessarily going to create his own shot, but if you don't have Dylan out there to guard one of these guys, it's going to be scary to see what this defense looks like against him. If Dylan, if Dylan plays, man, foul trouble, can't get in foul trouble. That's yeah. paramount. Yeah. They're, they're going to need, need him out there, man. It's That's a kind of a tough game to kind of throw him back out there being being out for his first game of the season, but I, I'd rather have him to his defense than no defense at all, man. So they, they definitely need him back in that game, and I'm I'm still kind of surprised that he didn't play other night, especially if you kind of listen to Taylor Jenkins' comments prior to the Rockets game. It sounded like he was going to be ready to go for for Dallas. So I, I don't, I don't know what to think about that. I'm kind of surprised that he's still listed as questionable. I thought he'd for sure be a go in this one. So the fact that he's listed as questionable, I have a little bit of worry. Uh, if he if he plays Monday, that that's good. But if he doesn't play Monday, I think that's a little strange if he ends up not playing Monday. Yeah, it's it's not. Um... I've seen a lot of people actually had somebody at me specifically and ask me, you know, do you think that this is them like holding off because they're trying to trade him? Somebody said the same thing to me about Zaire. I I definitely don't think it is about Zaire. Not right now. I I don't think that's the case with Dylan right now either. Do do I think that Dylan is off limits? Absolutely not. If he was off limits, 
I think that they already would have inked him to an extension, but it's a contract year that like he wants to be out there. He wants to play. And so I think this is probably, I don't think it's overly serious, but you know, you see a thigh bruise and you don't think much of it, but it's man, sometimes it can be rough. And I think this one's a little bit rougher than, uh, than what it's been indicated so far. And he's kind of had this before. Like he's been, there was time I think last year where he had a thigh bruise where he set out several games. I think maybe in February, I want to say, I think he came back and he got hurt again. It was a thigh bruise that he set out several games. So that's something that he's kind of dealt with before. So hopefully I, I, I do think it, it's a little bit worse than kind of what they said. Cause you, you think a thigh bruise, you think, oh man, maybe a game or two. Uh, but the fact that he's now missed three, I, I think that kind of shows you that it might've been a little bit something he's dealing with a little bit more than I think we initially thought. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Candace, you got anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that, about that, that wing going off thing. I mean, we literally don't. The team does not have another wing right now because uh, Desmond Bain is playing a lot of minutes with that second unit. So, I mean, it's John Conchar and nobody else. So, I think they'll be all right. I, if hey, I'm going to need you to stop throwing shade. You ain't got to say it, John <laughs> Conchar. He's been playing well. You can say his name Yeah, yeah but I'll give him. I'll give him his flowers, man, because I was, I was hating on him. We're not necessarily hating on it, but questioning whether he could be a regular rotation player. And he do three games. It's only three games, but he's he's looked good in those three games. I'll, I'll give him that. We'll, I'm still questioning <laughs> if that's, that's something that he's going to be able to do for 82 games, but we'll see. And it sounds like she's still mad at it, though. She's <laughs> talking, and then the whole whole Tony voice chat, John Conjar. No, oh, no, I'm, saying, I'm saying he was the I'm saying he was a backup too, and he's out of position. Is what I'm saying. Okay, so like, I'm saying they don't have a, a shooting. The only shooting guard that they have on his team right now is Desmond Bain. That they're playing as a shooting guard is Desmond Bain, and he's playing a lot of second. So that gives you like, I mean, you got no guards. Like, yeah. man, man, man got his bag, Nike deal, man. He's he's out there living, man. Yeah, Shout out to Jim. <laughs> Do, doing good stuff. Guys, we appreciate, you. <laughs> yeah. we appreciate y'all tuning in. We will go ahead and wrap it up. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at NBA Dwill21. We will be back probably Tuesday for a post game. Actually, we will 100% be back Tuesday. We'll have a post game, and we've got a uh, special guest lined up. I'll let Isaac tell you about that. Candace, let them know where they can find you. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at CandaceH901. CandaceH901. Isaac, bring us home. Yeah, man, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, man. man we definitely appreciate that. Go over there. Eat those Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. We definitely appreciate that. Um, and as David said, man, we'll be back Tuesday. Take a look back, hopefully, at a 3-1 and Grizzlies team. Um, hopefully, they knock off the Nets. At FedEx Forum on Monday night, but we do have a special guest coming up on Tuesday night, man. He's a radio play-by-play for of the Grizzlies. It's Eric Castle time, man. He's going to jump on and join us. I'll always enjoy talking with him, man. I've interviewed him several times in the past, man. He's fantastic, man. So definitely look forward to that. You look for, hopefully you're looking forward to that as well, man. So make sure you tune in for that. And until Tuesday night, uh, for Dave and Ken, um, I've been out of and we go. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.